one. And we are recording. And I don't know how I didn't. I somehow skipped two episode numbers, which I don't think I've ever skipped two. So we are not on, although I did 937 and 938 yesterday. Now we're on 936 because clearly I'm not a big boy and I don't know how to count. Um, but luckily, Dr. Williams is a, a patient soul who will teach me the ways of the ABCs and the one, two, threes. Um, for all the new listeners, man, tell them who you are. Yeah, so uh, I'm an anesthesiologist. been practicing for about 16 years, um, trained at Emory right next to the old CDC um, back in the day. Um, won some different awards for teaching and also leadership during my career. Done uh, a lot of different things. A very detail-oriented guy, so like digging into whatever it is um, that uh, looks like I can possibly help with. And and so, uh, yeah, that's how I've uh, been so lucky and fortunate and blessed to, to meet Tommy over, over the time uh, through different mutual connections. And yeah, we're all just keeping plugging away at this thing to, to make the world better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so like one thing we've talked, just to get right to it, one thing we've talked about before is, you know, you, you discussed... Um, uh, uh, UV light, like blue light for disinfecting. And it sounded too good to be true. And, you know, whenever I've had people on here that say something, you know, like hypersonic travels or right just around the corner, I'm always like, I would love, I love it. I like, but like, you know. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wait, wait and see. But I was in an airport, I want to say in Denver in like July or June. And then again in in Manchester, New Hampshire, in early July, and then Portland, Maine, in late July, and in all of them, I was seeing like the blue light, like it was right at the be- like the moving sidewalks. It, they had they would have like a strip right at the beginning, so that the handrail that you know it's like cycling through. They had it in bathrooms. Um, I think I was on a, a relatively new aircraft. I think it was like a you know you could just tell it was it had just been built uh, it was like one of the dreamliners and they were using that in between flights they had it on like the overheads and stuff and in the bathrooms and they all had like a little tag you know like whatever nanometer and i was like holy, holy shit you're it's the future they said it was gonna happen and here you are and it's just like wow oh. so it was a very odd it was a very odd thing to see like someone talk about the future and then it happening. Like maybe the only time I've ever seen that in my life before is like Steve Jobs being like, you all have touchscreen phones. And then like we did every other thing is wildly optimistic, which is great. I love it. But you talked about it and then I saw it and I don't really know where to go with this, but that was cool. That was well, really yeah, cool. No, I- I can, uh, no, I'm glad that you ran into some. And, you know, you got me curious thinking if it is, including some of it, might actually be the real new one that I was referring to. 
the they put some of the old ones in. So say if they put it at the top of a room, it's um, especially if it's a high ceiling. So in those airports, I think I noticed in Houston one time flying through there um, that they also had some signs up for UV. You know, it gets some UV disinfection. That's gone back. They've been using that a lot for the last 30 plus years since a big TB spread in the 90s. Um, but then even before that, all the way back over almost 100 years in the 1930s, they were using it. You know, it can't shine on you. So any of the lights that like can't shine on you, and that's the big differentiator from the new one, you couldn't shine on people because guaranteed you'd, you'd get a sunburn after a little bit being exposed, um, some eye irritation and or like, like some welder's flash, that kind of stuff. Um, so, but if you had a room that was tall enough, they would stick it across the top of the ceiling, just pointing sideways. Uh So if the air mixed up there, that actually worked fantastic. It worked well, quite well. So just as like a number equivalent, that would give you like 24 air exchanges per hour without going into details. Like one air exchange is 63% theoretically, some back mixes all this. And then, then the second one per hour would be 63% of the 37 left and so forth. Okay. But that did 24, up to 24 air exchanges per hour, whereas most buildings don't even have one to two. The CDC recommends typically like a minimum of three. Not that I always put as much stock into the, what they say as, as other times or I, I did previously. But that said, that actually worked quite well. And a lot of these researchers, um, most of them are physicists because there's only like two, three, but really mainly two physician researchers who do this. And unless you or your listeners, um, uh, or viewers, I guess I should say, um, viewers um, have been reading the photochemistry and photobiology journal, even semi-regularly, or ever even knew that it existed in your life, (laughs) you are in the exact same position as 99.9% of physicians out there, which is why virtually no one knows. Um, I happened to find this early in 20 when I was in leadership positions, and we had a lot going on with um, COVID, obviously. And at that time, I didn't look past what, you know, they were telling me. I'd had it in February, wondered what the heck kind of flu I had, but because they didn't tell us it was here, I didn't really, I didn't, it didn't even click till a few months later. Yeah. I was like, oh, I totally had it. <laughs> yeah. exactly the only pneumonia of my life. Yeah. Um, so definitely different than the flu. But anyway, um, going back to it, yeah, there's just Now, many, I happened to find it because I was looking for things to be able to help, like around our office. Maybe we can use some of these UV lights like we have in the operating rooms to clean our, disinfect our N95 masks. That stuff in the hospital, all like in a a well-fitted N95, that works. Um, A lot of the other stuff, not really much at all, semantics and other other stuff. Um, But we should have been using the upper room stuff this entire time. That Harvard researcher, uh, physician, Dr. Ed Nardell has been saying it this entire pandemic. He's been studying it for 40 years. He's like the physician expert on the UV lights. And so when you mentioned also in the airplanes, how they would actually do it after everybody left, those actually work quite well, but it can only get rid of everything on the surfaces. And so you've got three categories. Um, and that, I won't get real super sciencey technical. But there's been a debate, and there was early on in the hospitals and everywhere. Is it fomites, like is it on surfaces that we're spreading it? Is it in bigger droplets that come out and are in the air, but then they're kind of heavy and then they go down? And then maybe those hit a surface, and then we pick it up that way, okay? And then after that, 
is aerosols where it's just floating in little teeny tiny Droplet. bits of vapor, essentially okay. kind of like smoke you might think of it as. And as we're breathing back and forth, if you cleared all the smoke out of the room before you walked in with that UV robot, like the ones in our operating rooms where we bail out also, mm-hmm. they put up the blinds they so it can't shine out in the hallway, right? And then they, yeah. So it'll clear that smoke while you're not there. So you'll be starting fresh. But if you're sitting there and airplanes are a little different, they've got great ventilation. But if you're just say in a regular room, like say you're in the airport terminal, say you're in your school, you're on a bus, you're still just breathing that smoke and they're only cleaning it after the fact. But if you can clear the smoke out literally as people are breathing it out, because they're the ones producing the quote unquote smoke, we'll say the aerosol with whatever bug in it, whether it's the flu, cold, whatever, that's the game changer. If you can do it, which we can now, um, with the lights being there the whole time can shine on you literally can't penetrate your skin or your eyes. When you said the planes though, and I'll stop at some point here, I promise. No, I don't the planes going on the planes. When they mentioned a nanometer, there's a chance. And I, I'm going to see if I can, I can dig that out at some point here soon uh, that those are actually the new ones, because if they're advertising a nanometer, that's usually not just saying we have UV disinfection, which has historically been mercury 254. doesn't matter the number, but basically it was mercury. And you couldn't put those in planes. Actually, now that I say that, you couldn't put those in planes anyway, yeah. because you can't have mercury yeah. up in the air. It's, it's, yeah, you can't have that breaking. If a plane breaks up in the upper atmosphere, you can't be raining mercury. Uh-huh. And so the krypton, aside from being, that's what they moved the new lights to. So literally like kryptonite, so krypton, little Dutch chloride, but basically krypton instead of mercury, moved the wavelength 254 to 222. Now can't penetrate skin or eyes at all. They've never been able to harm a human or an animal with the light, despite like zapping themselves with a ton. Still couldn't even get a sunburn. I was about to say, to interrupt, you you did say that they did those extensively though, right? The testing. Yes, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's built on a hundred years of, well over 100 years, actually, of previous research. You know, they were using UV disinfection for water back in about 1905 ballpark. And and I never heard of this. Yeah. So there's people who, you know, I've spoken to people recently. Most of the people who hear about it, they're exactly in the same boat. So 99.99% of of, uh, Americans, they've not even really heard much about UV, but when they do they're familiar with some pieces of it. So like for physicians, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, Aaron, I know what that is. And they're thinking of the ones that are in our operating rooms. I'm like, no, 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 hold on. It's completely different. It can be there the whole time. Like as you're breathing, they have a hard time, but a lot of people haven't even heard about any of the UV stuff, period. But they use it in water plants, water disinfection plants now. Um, And there's you know, um, positives and negatives, mostly positives. It just lacks a few. It can't clean the water after it gets in the pipes and it's sitting there for a while where it could build up bacteria and things. So whereas like chlorine and such can leave a little bit in there that'll keep it, you know, disinfected all the way till it gets to your tap, even if it's hanging for a while. So there's these different things. Um, I've delved into that a lot. Um, but yeah, we use it for that. Uh, they use it in like food processing plants. Use it in HVAC systems, which is a lot of where people know about it. You put it in there, but that's after all the air traveled across the room. Mm-hmm. Everybody was sitting there with the smoke. Then you put, sucked it in over here. 
and got some clean air back over here. Well, that helps. Maybe gives you one to two air exchanges per hour. The upper room UV, like I said, 24. The new kind blows everything out of the water with 184 air exchanges per hour, which if you just focus on the number and just, you don't have to trust me, but just trust me for the, for the yeah. sake of, of argument. That is like phenomenal, incredible and kills 99 point whatever percent, it's roughly 99%, probably about 99.5 for COVID continuously, even if someone's sick in there, breathing and breathing and breathing and breathing. And we've got the studies in like Nature Magazine, Scientific Journal, like one of the preeminent scientific journals to show this. You've got OSHA administrators, the list of people I'll tell you about in a little bit. I'll just break for a minute who've been promoting and trying to get the word out there on this, not just some, you know, random anesthesiologist, right, who pays too much attention to certain details. But the people who really matter, they've been trying to tell people, but just nobody hears or listens long enough to really get it. I think what 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 hit me the most you brought when you brought it up last time was uh and this is kind of where I always use my barometer and there are flaws in it but I always look to the military like the DOD continuity of government like presidential security like that's the stuff you always look to to see you know if it if it's working you know if 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 the if there's if bulletproof glass is effective like it's on the presidential limo that's what I'm like. That's the one I want. I want that one. Right. So that's how, right. Right. That's, I mean, I've interviewed Dale Comstock like a million times using Delta force, but he actually provided, he trained like George HW Bush's like inner ring security detail. And because of that, Dale's done like private security for like billion, like literal billionaires in Hong Kong and stuff. But it's like, that's the smell test. That's like a, who have you done security for? Like Arby's? No, no, no. Like George H.W. When he went to have Thanksgiving in Iraq in 92, Dale was there. And it was like, oh, well, come aboard, right? So if I hear it, if I hear it and it's like a new age thing, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's a cool idea, but whatever. But if it's being used in like the Pentagon and the White House, then I'm like, oh, that's, it works. That There's the thing. They, 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 professionally as my marine buddies say kill and break things for a living viruses are no exception and that's kind of where i and then i guess you could say because i don't have access to the pentagon and the dod much to my own dismay the fact that you see in the airport that's the next that's kind of like the next more serious level right it's x-ray scanners like you don't doubt they work when you're at like Hartsfield Jackson, like the busiest airport in the world in Atlanta. When you put your bag through there, you're like, I get nervous when I put my bag through, even though I know I don't have anything. It's like when a cop's behind you. When I go to the airport, I'm like, oh, fuck, they're going to find my smallpox. Like, I I get like <laughs> irrationally, I'm like, I hope my dagger isn't in there. Like, shit, I don't own. But nonetheless, like, that's not something you really ever think twice about. So, that to me, seeing it for myself in an airport, not at mm-hmm. not at Walgreens, not at like in an airport. Mm-hmm. To me, that was like it passed the sniff test again for whatever my own criticism of it is worth. But um, yeah, that's absurd. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on, um, especially with in terms of looking for the those endorsements 
I think more likely than not, you know, recently with CDC endorsements of certain things, you know, mm. we've come to question that said in general, especially if it serves their own self-interest, like not in a bad way, but in a good way, we need to protect, you know, our, our military leaders, the people in the White House, you know, we need those things regardless of whether we like who's in there or not. And so, yeah, no, it's a very good barometer. And, you know, and for this technology, it being in uh, the Pentagon, as you mentioned, it's not in the White House that I'm aware of. It very well might be by now, but um, it's definitely in the Pentagon and well advertised to much value um, in their, in, from their perspective. Also, uh, multiple military bases, specifically Air Force, but I think it's got in some other ones as well because the company that did a lot of this collaborative work, because the DOD helped to do some of the development work with it. So the DOD, Army, Air Force, National Guard, NASA, if I didn't say NASA. Navy, Boeing, Marines, National Guard. Which is going to... Yeah. It's going to come... Not those, but but the other ones. Oh, I thought, so I thought you were naming Army. the branches. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. These are the ones who actually were oh, involved okay. with collaboration and or are using them now. Gotcha. So it is in the Pentagon. It's in these military bases. And one of the quotes I can quote you offhand that's on the website that I'm building is, we have never had a single person-to-person transmission in our facility. And they were referring to since they put the lights in. Yeah. Never had one. They've had many times people come back from leave. And this is something I didn't have the last time we were talking, because I believe it was early May that we spoke last. And they've now had over two years, they've had a thousand installations zero known transmissions, zero, we'll call them side effects. It's not an FDA device, it's an EPA, but either way, no one's been affected negatively in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. And no one has gotten anyone else sick in those spaces, which is not surprising because the technology when it was the mercury worked great wherever you could shine it. It killed everything, wherever you could shine it, whether it was anthrax, whether it was whatever, COVID, those are easy. It could kill all of it. They knew it killed Ebola. 2003, there's a big article from that physician researcher I was telling you about at Harvard, along with some military peeps. And they basically said, hey, we realize that shining this across the top of the room with this upper room UV, we call it, this kills all this stuff. This could be great, not just for military, but for civilian use. And we need to expand the use of it because this will help prevent, even, you know, decrease, minimize the uh, impact of any bioterrorism that might arise. Yeah. So people have been advocating for some time. It's just like an unused, little used um, thing. And on the, if you get back to the airplanes. So you very well might've actually seen the first new real good or the best. Okay. The other step was really good. It just wasn't safe to shine on humans, but the completely safe and the ultimate, like incredible new one, you might've seen in the airplanes because Boeing aerospace engineers were some of the ones who did some of this collaborative work with one of the companies out of Kansas City, Far UV Technologies that I've mentioned before. Um, they're one of the main ones. And then additionally, um, with like the DOD and such. So they were one of the presenters to the DODs, like, you know, um, it's the DSIAC, which is basically like new technology sort of assessment center sort of thing. And so they presented to them, and that was, you know, that was actually after they had put them in the Pentagon and in the Air Force bases. But Boeing, having done them, Boeing actually has a big wand, which looks totally like the flux capacitor, if I didn't tell you that before. Totally like the flux capacitor. It's really, it's amazing. Uh, They used it, or they helped develop it, because they wanted to use it in the cockpit. So on all those sensitive controls, rather than 
roughing them up with whatever sort of cleaner over and over and over again. Now you have to wipe stuff off or else the disinfection doesn't work. Like it doesn't go through. Mechanical. Yeah. That's right. That's mechanical removal. I remember. Yeah. And and also you got it. Microbio. I remember autoclave. I remember a couple of the terms. You're you're all over it. I'm a doctor. But that's the same reason it can't go through your skin and such because it doesn't penetrate deep. But the width of the top dead skin cell layer that you have and also the tear layer of your eye, which kind of like sloughs off every 48 hours roughly, um, that's more than enough and much thicker than the tiny little bacteria and viruses that are on the order of nanometers usually, Um, sometimes even micrometers, well, slightly bigger micrometers. But either way, all incredibly small. But they, Boeing used it. Boeing didn't put them in the planes um, originally. I think there was probably, a, from what I understand, there was a little bit of difficulty in getting the airplane companies, uh, or the, the airlines, shall I say, for or, from ordering and approving of basically putting UV lights in, right? So there's the stigma. So either people don't know and or they're scared because it's UV light. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And so they ran into those issues. But I'm actually going to have to dig after we get done talking while I'm working on my website to find out have they finally started putting them in planes? And if they did, it almost has to be Krypton because it yeah. couldn't be Mercury. And if they mention nanometers, it's almost always two, two, two. Yeah. And like the year, which is the year that we should be putting this everywhere. Yeah. 2022, take out a zero. Okay. It works. Yeah. That or I saw an anomalous plane that was doing something they weren't supposed to be doing. I know for a fact I saw it in three separate airports. I'm like 99.9%. And it wasn't just like, oh, the plane has blue lights like okay whatever no it's in my mind's eye i see like whatever like with something nm technology and i was like this is the this is the shit dr williams was talking about it's this this is it um i was just thinking though like if you do it for like hvac systems mm-hmm. now you wouldn't want it to kill everything because you don't want to go full nuke yeah. but i mean i wonder if there's a way to like specify it to certain right because if we know like atoms and molecules all of their own resonant frequencies like atomic spectroscopy ir spectroscopy not like new age i mean like literal like that part of ochem where you like get the reading back it would it would and i know they get more and more complex as you go from like different groups like carboxylic acids and ketones and aldehydes and then as you get bigger and bigger molecules they become more and more like your fingerprint like you it's much more complex. I wonder if you could find a nanometer wavelength for for cancer research. And then I remember in high school when I would give blood, you could do something that I, I forget what it was, but you could give like double. But what they would do is they'd cycle it back into you. They'd like remove something. Maybe it was only plasma they would take, but there was something that they'd hook up a machine and like it would take it out centrifuge it and then you would get something back and it wasn't just saline it was something that they took out of it i don't remember what but what if you could like go in and have like a 
therapy session over the, I don't know how long it would take. But if you could have your entire blood supply cycled out and in, and then just like, you know, whatever, you'd have like one cross section that's just getting like almost like an x-ray or like an MRI, but just getting just nuked with this UV light. But could you do it without like destroying all the proteins in your like red and white blood cells? All good questions. I'd have to look back to exactly how many nanometers wide um, and, and dense the structure, the outer structure is of a red blood cell, for instance. That said, the concept that you're espousing is actually true and some of it's done. Some of it's done, but then hasn't been studied like it should have been studied because there's quite a few of those that go in together. And in general, if you think about it like this, without we won't have to get super technical, but this is also handy around the house if you've got kids and you're just trying to holler to somebody. Typically, when you have the higher frequencies, what's going to happen is they're going to dissipate faster, like a little bitty ripple. It might be really fast on the water, but, it's, yeah. but it moves out really quickly. Whereas you have a big one and it might get lower, but it travels, yeah. right? It travels farther. Same thing. So when I'm trying to like holler to the kids, you know, so they actually hear, I drop the voice down to where I actually sound like a real man. Yeah. But uh, either way, it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. You and I with so, our boy voices, like nanometers. <laughs> So it totally works and it, and it, um, you know, they hear way yeah. more often, even though I'm not going louder, I'm just changing the pitch. Huh. The same thing applies to however you're going into tissues. And so um, whether it's an ultrasound, say I'm doing ultrasound for nerve blocks in the neck to, to numb up the arm, or, you know, we're putting a big catheter, you know, over here and dropping it into the heart and floating it in and, you know, watching a bunch of different heart pressures. When we do that ultrasound, you can't use that same ultrasound with like a higher, faster, higher energy wavelength, a higher pitch, essentially, to be able to see a baby, you know, a lot deeper in the stomach if you're doing mm -hmm. an ultrasound for a baby, for instance. Okay, so like baby in the womb, mm -hmm. baby. Okay, so you can't just the, the physics of it doesn't work out. It dissipates and it doesn't bounce and then bounce back. So you have to use a lower frequency. And this is different orders of magnitude compared to what we hear. And it's also not sound, it's electromagnetic, but you get that. Um, so everything not sound is electromagnetic. So radio waves, ultraviolet, visible light, any of it. Right, um, the, uh, thermal radiation, infrared coming off of us right now at each other, right? So that is there with those concepts to get back to your points. So could you use them for cancer cells? The answer on that is absolutely yes, it works for that, at least in some cases, in vitro, outside of the human body. We know that for sure. And there's cases back to the, the 1930s where Royal Raymond Rife was a very big researcher and was working with some, I think, some big time docs from Northwestern and a few other places. Great name. Yeah, isn't it? It's just what amazing. A, what a great name. I love all those early 1930s, 1920s business tycoon names. Yeah. And this guy is just like a big time researcher, brainiac guy, brilliant sort of guy. And supposedly, you know, in the San Diego Tribune, they had actually treated and cured either 16 or 17, either 16 out of 17 or 17 out of 17 terminal patients that were deemed terminal by the medical community. They said, we'll come here for a few weeks with us. We'll do these treatments. And do that now the machines then versus the machines that might be out and about now is a bit different that said that kind of got smushed and smothered 
um, back in the past. But we do know even from recent research that lung cancer cells, pancreatic cancer cells, ovarian cancer cells, and pancreatic and ovarian are big, like silent killer type ones mm-hmm. that develop. And you don't know, my stomach's not quite, by the time you find by out. By the time you get pancreatic, uh, you're done. Exactly. It's pretty well everywhere. You know, those are the bad ones. We know that it does work and for those things. So some people are using ultrasound to try to be able to get in and, you know, get to whatever the, um, the tumors are, and that can work. Um, sometimes they're using the different frequencies for like gamma rays. Um, there's a lot of different frequencies. As long as you match it, you can do all kinds of stuff. And interestingly, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody about this before, but there is something where, and I think people still do it in some places and I haven't seen the studies, but I think they were actually kind of decent. You pull the blood out and you do irradiate it and you do get it with light and or other things. Um, and it actually apparently showed some pretty good results. I think it kind of fell out of favor. I don't know that I got smushed, but that stuff is really possible. With this light, it's a little bit different because it is such a high pitch and such like a a short wavelength that it doesn't travel through much of anything. It, um, It can only really travel through just little tiny things that bother us a lot and cause pandemics. Yeah, And so cause respiratory pandemics. And that's the beauty. It's like a sweet spot for these things out and out. But there are applications, scientific applications. It makes me like wish that I had a better physicist brain um, by a lot because I didn't study that a lot until the last year or two. I've been really digging into this. So I understood it. And okay, does this just really sound good to me in theory? Or is this really a good thing? And we can really, you know, delineate exactly why and exactly why it's safe and um but yeah it's it's fascinating what is out there it's just it's incredible and this because you don't have to do any more studies the studies are done they're going to do more studies because there's always another little thing you can answer but the studies on safety and the studies on efficacy are done like they don't need any more we didn't need any more probably about a year ago in terms of risk benefit stop the pandemic era that they've been telling us about since like 2003 SARS covers of time magazine and what have you, you know, uh, we're entering into the pandemic era. Yeah. And it's been broadcast like every time, like, Oh, well, whether it's climate change, bats or labs or combination thereof, regardless, we keep coming up with these things. Why don't we get sick from our water? It's because we disinfect it before we put Mm -hmm. it in ourselves. Um, there's a very interesting historical backstory on that, but might, we might get into it, who knows, but, um, but we're just not disinfecting the air that we share in these public places. And that's where the vast majority of the spread's happening. It's yeah. not happening from surfaces. It's not happening from droplets. They, they like spit out on you and you felt hit you on your mucous membranes in the back of your throat. That, that like never happens, virtually never happens. And, and there's different sizes of droplets, but without getting weedy with it it's basically just floating in the air and we don't clean it. So we share it and that's how people get sick. And then they take it to their homes and you don't want to live in a sterile environment. You do want to getting back to your original point. You don't want to have everything sterile. No, that, that was going to be one of my questions is, is it going to be like, are we going to move towards like MRSA type things where we're, or no, that's a terrible analogy because that would mean the opposite. Are we moving towards like, we don't want to make ourselves like bubble babies. Yes, that is that is a good thing. Is it absolutely a great question? And I think, and we haven't talked about this before, but something that I realized, 
as I've kind of gone through this and, you know, working with the different freedom fighters and, and getting to, being blessed to, to know, you know, a decent amount of them and they're just amazing people. And as we talk about it, and, you know, we're talking about this really foreign thing to doctors. Um, and one of the things that, whether it's them or just anybody I'm talking to, the, that's a legitimate question. I think what we've, where we've gotten to, um, because God, our creator, however all this works out, is amazing. Like our bodies, our immune systems, they're amazing. They're incredible. And what we've been doing for the last, you know, two years-ish, yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood, people have been fighting against new experimental shots versus natural immunity. Why the heck do I have to get a shot? Natural immunity is better anyway. And that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. So, and, and we should take that position because what's the point of a, of a vaccine, a, a true vaccine anyway? It's to induce natural, natural immunity, immunity, right? So th- this should be common sense, but how you move crowds back to Gustave Le Bon and, uh, you know, Edward Bernays stuff we've talked about before, it doesn't have to be logical when you get people mm-hmm. emotional and you get them moving. There's, but, there's something that's not not funny about just like, just like the quick sentence, how to move crowds and then the name Gustav. It just immediately just goes to German. <laughs> Sorry. That's sure. And uh, so um, with that, we've gotten to battle positions. So if we think anything challenges natural immunity, we like, we do this. But in this case, like our natural immunity and our bodies are incredible, but our bodies weren't made to take bullets. Our bodies weren't made to be able to withstand you know, falls from great heights. Our bodies weren't necessarily, especially not all of us, able to able to fight off viruses from, you know, specifically lab-made viruses, but maybe even ones that later on theoretically might come from actual animal mutating one to very specifically match our receptors. But our bodies weren't necessarily made for that. So one of the things that after I learned, because I was back to the water thing, so aside from just that our bodies aren't necessarily made to handle every type of, of pathogen, and that's before you also get to the progressive buildup of spike proteins stuck within all your different vessels, right? Because we know we get this spike protein buildup. That's one of the worst things about the virus is that you get the spike protein. It's the, one of the main, if not the most pathogenic piece of the whole deal. And that's what people have been programmed to become a production factory for. And every time you get another shot, every time you get the next virus that the shot didn't really protect you from much, if at any at all, you could progressively build up more problems. So again, another example of how like our body doesn't necessarily, our immune system might be amazing, but it can't really tackle all of these things. And it's not necessarily made for smallpox. It's not necessarily made for other things. It could be a bioweapon. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of hold there for a second, but this, there's one other really important part when you compare it to what we take for granted. And I never thought about until I went to give a talk a couple months ago, a few months ago, and I just thought, well, Hey, why don't we get sick from our water? Maybe I can use that as an analogy. And that took me down a wonderful, amazing, incredible historical medical, um, populous, rabbit hole that really kind of puts it into perspective what we do and don't need in order to be healthy like how much practice does our immune system need but it's uh pretty fascinating we'll, a lot we'll, of times we'll jump in that rabbit hole in a second um yeah i had on uh dr ken alabeck on like two or three weeks ago i've interviewed him several times before 
He was the head of the Soviet Union's uh, biopreparat, the bioweapons program. Mm-hmm. Bernstein interviewed him last May. Uh, I mean, literally putting Ebola and smallpox in the nose cones of ICBMs. Real just doomsday, James Bond shit. He didn't want to. He wanted to be a doctor, you know. But in the Soviet Union, when you're told to do something, you do it. He defected the United States in 1992. And now he does autism research. He is a living saint. But I've interviewed him several times. And he came on two or three weeks ago with Dr. McCullough. And he said unequivocally, and I don't know how it's not my most viewed episode. It's not even in the top 100. Yes, this is it's it comes from lab. This comes from lab. COVID. Just there's the there's the premier guy on the planet that the CIA personally brought back here because he was the voice of knowledge. And that video's got like a hundred views. So on one note, just that if you can't tell him a little bitter about that, but he but he it's interesting. He also said he didn't think it was intentionally released. And you know, if I'm gonna say he's the expert, I can't pick and choose on what I think he's the expert in. So I'm going to have to kind of back on him when he said it was made in the lab, but probably not intentionally really He'd be kind of laughed. I thought he's going to go into some like deep esoteric explanation of bioweapons. And he, he just goes, I mean, come on guys. It comes from city where this research is. There's no, like in my decades of research, he just said it like almost like, what are you, what are you stupid? Um, but uh, where was I going with that? Back to the the nanometers and the wavelengths and all that. I was mm-hmm. thinking, like, I mean, I wonder if there are things you could. And again, I don't know any of this, and I don't, you know, I don't. I wouldn't recommend going in and nuking it. But mm-hmm. what if you could put in like a like a heart stent or something that just, you know, if all your blood's going through your heart, if you could find one of these things that has like the super high frequencies, you wouldn't need to penetrate the skin. What if you could just put it in like in your whatever your carotid artery or your aorta or something and then and then furthermore for uh i'm thinking about what was it in organic chemistry uh i forget the word extractions where you would like you would take like a solution or something that's just mixed with like oils and, and acids and bases and you would like I forget, you would like heat it up and then some of it would boil off, but like the other five things wouldn't boil off. And then you would take that and you would freeze it at different freezing points. And some of it would crystallize and you'd remove those. And it was this interesting way of like, it was almost like reverse cooking is like taking a pie and then turning it into the something you would look at and go, you can't possibly undo that. But that's what I always thought was cool about organic chemists. And then you'd add like a, a salt and it would precipitate another one of the fluids and then you could do all this stuff to the point where like you could take something that was like irretrievably mixed and sure enough like get i mean it was like alchemy you could just turn it into its constituent parts i mean it would have to be it would probably be a pretty elaborate system but i mean i don't think there's anything in hospitals that aren't elaborate but i and initially it would only be available to like hyper wealthy people but i wonder if you could just like cycle through your blood and then have the blood itself be like centrifuged to different constituent parts and like nuke certain ones of them with like the UV light before it like reenters the body or even, I, don't, I mean, really advanced or something. Like, do you even just like do surgery and open it up, but not to like do surgical processes but rather 
like use like what I'm just imagining, like a just like a hand, like an iPad size, like UV light thing. Do you actually like in a sterile environment, completely open it up and expose the pancreas or something and then like nuke it to shit or is it something very delicate like the brain where like sometimes it is inoperable. But what if you could, you know, what if you could do something like, I mean, they're always putting like those hair thin cameras one of my buddies, one of my best friends from high school's dad was a pediatric surgeon, and this was like 15 years ago. And I remember him talking about just the changes he had seen in his life from like massive scars. He's like, oh, we just take this thing. It's like, it looks like, you know, like, a, what is it? A angel, angel spaghetti, angel pasta. And he's like, yeah. we just take, he's like, it's like a million bucks, but he's like, it pays for itself in a year. But he's like, yeah, we just insert this in like a pinprick. It seems like, it seems like the applications of this are limitless. And now again, I am not a doctor and I barely passed physics two semesters in a row. So I'm sure this is uh, maybe not making stable arguments, but. No, your, your conceptual arguments are actually very valid. And the, the, um, the applications of this stuff is pretty well endless. And when you get it to, you know, you have such a wide kind of range. So, when you talk about some of the therapies, if you go down to the lower um, energy level therapies, you're talking about radio waves, which are well below infrared, which mm-hmm. is the heat and such that we put out commonly. Then a little higher up is going to be, and heck, I could share my screen, it, but I know you don't typically do that, I guess. Yeah, so. I don't give a shit. Um, Here, I'll, I'll enable. I always forget. It's, it's the default for whatever reason it's on that you can't. Okay. Go for it. All right. Well, let me, I'll, I'll share, I'll show you a couple of uh, things here and let's see, where did I put it? I'll pull it up here. But um, when you look at that spectrum, the lower energy stuff by a good clip is the radio frequency type stuff. Well, we do a lot. We do radio, radio frequency ablation. ablations, yeah. right? We do those. Um, the Rife machine and such was based off of radio frequencies. Okay. That was based off of that as well. Um, additionally, um, then you can get into the infrared, which actually apparently has a decent amount of data behind different therapies for infrared. Hmm. So they use that for not just hair regrowth with good data behind it. Um, they use it also for like cell rejuvenation and kind of, you know, and it penetrates deeply UV by contrast. And you think it's different because it sounds scary or whatever. It stops just into your skin about at the layer where the cells replicate. So it can then cause the skin cancers, but it can't go farther than that. And, you know, it does have beneficial effects to vitamin D, et cetera, et cetera. But the infrared goes in farther and actually helps some different um, processes within the mitochondria to actually help kind of revitalize lots of cells. It doesn't mean it's always a good thing and just like blanket statement, right? But there's a lot of good things there. Then you moved it the, uh, you know, the visible light spectrum on, let me pull this up. And once you get past there, then you get into the UV and the different things that are possible with that. Then you get into like, you know, x-rays and being able to detect things. And and then you get into gamma rays and other stuff like that. And so you're, you're in a different place too. And once this pulls up here, I'll pull it up and you can actually get a visual. That's one of the difficult things about this, getting it through to people is because number one's foreign. Number two, it's not that intuitive and sometimes counterintuitive to what we understand. And then three, if you're talking about the invisible bugs being killed by the invisible, invisible light, light, 
in the air. Kind of sound, yeah. the sound kooky. It's hard to conceptualize, right? It's hard. You, can't see you also don't know if someone's trying to pull a fast one on you. Give me yes. your money. I'm going to destroy the invisible. I'm going to destroy the ghosts with a silent whistle. Like, hold the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Tr- trust me, it works. Yeah. Trust yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Trust I was thinking, me. like, I mean, man, what if you could have, like, um, you just had, like, your phone light emit it? I mean, that's the one thing that we're constantly putting our hands on and have up to our face. Talk about just, like, kind of, like, sterilizing every exhalation. It, it would be cool. And where do you get into the limits and things? Um, with some of this, and I, I can I can I can go quite deep with a good amount of this related stuff. Um, but some of what you have is you have limitations regarding what kind of molecules you can shake up and excite and send out the right frequency or pitch. Mm-hmm. So pretend like your glasses, for instance, in your in your kitchen. If you got multiple ones, you get some different coffee mm-hmm. cups. Ding dong dong dong. Oh, yeah, it has to be very specific. And so when it comes to like say these UV lights, for instance. You've got mercury, which when you shake it up, basically most all that's coming out around 254 nanometer wavelength. And then it put out a little bit of some other ones as well, but it's mainly at 254, whereas the krypton, mainly at krypton chloride, is mainly at 222. And like these different noble and, and uh, other gases have different ones. Some are like 183, some are 308, you know, in the UVB range. And then you mix some of them together, then it's a totally different one. So that's where you get some limitations on what you can put and where. Now, in this, on a nanoscale, can you find something and put just a tiny bit of krypton chloride in it and potentially have it doing something somewhere? Absolutely. The whole blood irradiation, pulling it out and putting it right back, you usually don't. Pulling out blood, it tends to want to clot quickly. So you can only do so much of this, but they have and had done it. Uh, whole blood irradiation for some time so you're spot on yeah, absolutely spot on i'm gonna pull the share up here real quick yeah and and give the, the viewers a little let's see here website this that there we go let's do this guy um actually i'm gonna do here we go sorry hey, you're good <laughs> sorry i'm a little manic there with that um no, good. but good. what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna pull this over uh, new functions I've been playing with here on uh, on this fun little platform on Zoom. Okay, dude, so I still don't know, I still don't know how to use Zoom, so I go for it. Take whatever. You, yeah, it's your show. Go for it. Oh, dude, no, no, it's your show. But um, here we go. This will be squared up a little bit better and won't take up so much screen. So um, this is what we're looking at. And I'm sorry, while I continue to to whittle this down and no, make it more good. viewable. Um, so what we're looking at is the entirety of the spectrum, so everything with sound. But also, if you get the right sound pitch with things, you can shake it up and make it, you know, uh, explode, depending on what it is. Anyway, just like the bridges that go down, just like I think we've talked about before, um, you know, them having to break step when, yeah. when military marches across the bridge. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Where the cat's walking across, which might have been you who included me into that, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the, I think that was you. The new, uh, not new, came out like two years ago. The Mac Pro. It's like a $50,000 computer, but they actually have the fans constantly running at, like abruptly changing the the rates at which they're going so they don't start to create harmonics. And they're because their whole, one of their advertisements is like silent. But that's one of the things is, is constantly, if you actually like just look at the software, it's constantly just changing up the three different fans just so you don't get everything going at once 
Yeah, and you know, even those humongous buildings in, you know, whether it's yeah, in the, the cities here in the states or whether it's in Dubai. Yeah, they have those. Dubai, Taipei. Um, I think even New York, they have them where they it'll be like a seven hundred ton like uh, like sphere of like lead, and they'll put them on top of like a like another like almost like a fiberglass sheet. And it has like a thin layer of oil and then they'll put springs on them. And it's, yeah. So when the wind pushes you two feet this way, it has like a two second delay. And then the springs push it to two feet the other way. And it's just so you don't get a, like a frequency going where like, cause then all of a sudden, yeah, you could, you can break down a skyscraper. Yeah. It's like a trampoline effect. Yeah. If you hit it just the right time, you can super bounce and there's yeah. no limit to that. Although humans will buckle, right. Yeah. We yeah. Can't absorb all that and go that high nor do we want to yeah but if you just hit it just right enough yes, yeah. you can do that and that's that's the concept just on a micro scale so you're you're spot on with it and you know when you look in here let's see i should be able to like zoom in here a little bit but yeah when you look at it i guess i'm changing my slides but oh well whatever good. i'll mess with that later um so what you end up having is down here you're talking about the radio waves and such mm-hmm. then you're into the microwaves which i forgot to mention uh infrared what we're emitting ourselves which that's a little example there that that's a type of you know uh, electromagnetic radiation that doesn't cause cancer mm-hmm. and just like different uv lights it's uva and uvb for a reason they're different because they do different things um you know they have different properties they match like you said resonant frequencies they match different things and you're 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 incredibly spot on too Because the reason why 222 does what it does is because the 222 matches up with proteins. So it gets stuck in the dead skin cell layer or the tear layer of your eye, but it also breaks up the viruses and bacteria better that usually have proteins on their shells. Hmm. So it doesn't just melt the DNA in the inside. And basically it's like a zipper that got melted or like gears that got melted together. They're not going to work anymore. Yeah. That's basically what it does in a nutshell. But these also, screw up the proteins and or melt the shell to the inner workings as well. The DNA um, is a general concept. And so, um, yeah, but it's just matching that pitch and that frequency, but that's what does it. But once they started testing the 222 and then they blocked out the little bit, it puts out at the other frequencies are like, Whoa, we can't even give ourselves a sunburn with this. We like, we juiced ourselves up with 18,000 millijoules which the the limit at the time was 23. So not that far from a thousand times more, yeah. right? That's a lot, especially when you consider the other ones that are like in the airports that are up higher, like the ones you're referencing, I think. Not the ones in the airplanes, but the ones in the airports. The max on that is three millijoules. Hmm. Three, one, two, three, versus 18,000 of the new one. And so, yeah, that's kind of where you're, where you're at. And so, yeah, these were some different, uh, different uh, things that I put together. So this is a talk that I gave not too long ago. I kind of take you through, you know, many of these slides by any stretch, but when we're talking and some images are helpful, I'm going to kind of scroll off to the side for a second, but um, that's where we really make kind of a dent. And one of the fun things that, you know, I like to tell people, <laughs> is you know when they're talking about you know the pandemic era now it's the forever virus and what the science says about the future of COVID-19 and it's basically like you get another shot what's the next one going to be like it's a given you're just getting another mRNA platform shot yeah 
Well, I'm like, I kind of like the actual science, you know, the real science over here where it kills 99% continuously and can kill it in well less than 30 seconds, actually, um, depending on the power. So I kind of like the lights doing this and getting rid of the pandemic era, because as soon as you just put them through, about like you put um, smoke detectors in the airports, the airplanes, the buses, um, that kind of stuff then you don't have any pandemic level spread anymore of any of the stuff, mm -hmm. let alone your business. You got a lot less sick days and a lot less issues going on there, let alone bringing it back to family who wouldn't tolerate the flu as well. Wouldn't tolerate COVID as well. When you wouldn't visit grandma, yeah, go visit grandma at the, you know, at the, wherever she's staying, even there, you know, my grandma was another in a nursing home, thank God. But even just going and visiting her, like my aunt's house, it was always like, do you feel good? Have you felt good for the last week? Like if Mimi's 86, like you can't go in there if you're not feel man. Like what if you just, you just had a lamp. You just, you just had something just, yeah. Just nuking the room. You can. And you know, it's kind of expensive if you're just like one person having it, but if you've got some extra cash or it's like, Hey, I can never be around them because they're like always in and out of chemo. And we're really all worried Which, about yeah, it. It's probably worth it. Yeah. With our shots. And as long as we don't hug and kiss, like it's not going to stop all sure. of that. But as long as we're just hanging out in the room and you have yeah. like coverage with these lights, the chances of you giving them anything is eh, kind of next to nil, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, thousand applications, two years and zero transmissions. Yeah. And that's again, that's many times in the military too, Tommy. So when they're bringing them in, like, so you come back from uh, leave, vacation, whatever, they're in the barracks and whatever other places for like, two days, Tuesday night, they pop up with their fever. Now I've got, you know, test positive for COVID, a real test, whatever. At that point, the military doesn't just play around. They test everyone, mm -hmm. they test them again, and they test them again. That's happened multiple, multiple times. Never has any one other person ever turned up positive in that controlled environment. Jeez. And we've got like the quotes from them to say it. And that's a controlled and, environment. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, it really can't work any other way. It's just a light that melts the insides of viruses and bacteria. So if the viruses and bacteria see it, like they're done mm. and it can't get in us. And so that's where we, we, uh, where this whole deal kind of changes. Well, like everything. And they, even in those, um, I, I don't know if I told you about this, they put them in four different school districts in South Carolina. Um, of Representative Clyburn. So kudos to him and his team because they helped put it in. Like, fantastic. This is not a partisan issue. No. Sure. So that's fantastic. Partisanship has nothing to do with killing this virus in the air and no one <laughs> no one needs to have you, all this. Don't hold, we don't, don't need it. Don't hold your breath. Someone will someone will politicize this. You have, they, they, they will try. You're too, you're, you're too pure of a soul, Dr. Williams. Oh, so, someone will twist this. <laughs> well, Why see, is it blue and not red? <laughs> there you go i just i just ruined it for you there 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 are some things um you know when you do game planning and you do you know you kind of um what's game theory type stuff or gaming and you study all of it and you kind of realize okay what would be the next thing what's the previous thing how would anybody go at it well there's a good answer for every single question yeah every single one i've got 85 pages that i've been putting together of every study news article CBS News broadcast in 2018, where they brought Dr. Brenner from Columbia on, 
and talking about how this could kill the flu and get rid of that big, I guess we had a flu epidemic in 18. Mm-hmm. I'm a physician. I didn't even, I wasn't even aware, but all over the news, like apparently. In 2018? Yeah. The fuck? They listened. They listed it as like, you know, terrible and everybody's doing everything they can. Yeah. It, but they brought Brenner on. And at that point, they're like, yeah, we could use this everywhere. And didn't have as many studies then. It was probably theoretically ready for prime time. But I basically have all of these things and they've already stamped it because they're stamps. I mean, when you look at it, aside from what those guys saw and what they've seen, just having them in 331 buses before they even put them this last summer into 72 schools, last school year, they had a 40% increase in their attendance in those four school districts. Whereas a lot of other school districts would have that were apparently similar and such had about a 40 upwards of a 40% decrease. That's a big flip, but not at all surprising. And so they're also not taking these things home because, you know, the bus is one of the most confined spaces, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you've got this, you've got, you know, the political people who put it in, which is just Clyburn's districts. This is the only place it's been put widespread other than in some of the different military installations. Um, There's a bus line in Cleveland. There's a few other things. There's nursing homes, there's dental offices, there's chiropractic offices. There's quite a few other applications, but when it comes to trying somebody being able to go back on stuff, when you're like, oh yeah, y'all helped develop it. Mm Mm-hmm. You all ballyhooed it to rightly so. Um, so if anybody does, I mean, you have to be almost evil when you understand this to try to push this down. And there's very few actually evil people out there in most positions of even of power, really. Um, it really takes an evil person. And it's also laughable if you try to, because it's just so resoundingly scientifically proven, positive, logical, and also in the real world that good luck. Good they, luck. They will try. There will be someone that try, and I and I'm with you. I there are evil people. They are few, but just mm-hmm. historically, I mean, they'll try. The Koch brothers were spending like a hundred million dollars a year in like 2010 to make it more difficult to buy solar panels in Florida, the mm-hmm. Sunshine State. So I'm with you. It's stupid, and it's a it's a fool's errand, and history doesn't smile on them. Never, never, never write them off. They'll, They'll, someone will come out and be like, it's a blue light. It's here to indoctrinate the kids to be liberals. Like someone will do some, some asshole will do that. I'm with you. It will. The science will prevail. Good will prevail. Yeah. But there are, there are some demons. They will try. Unless of course, someone else turns this into money, in which case it's all good. Yeah. They've, um, I think the, the key to that is being aware that that is possible which I'm now acutely aware, which I wouldn't have been, you know, a couple of years ago, acutely aware of it and then being prepared for each and every one. And, and the interesting thing here, so I didn't mean to click that one. The interesting thing here is that because of the fact that it's kind of difficult to understand, it's easy to conflate with the old. People generally are scared of UV and stop listening. Um, you get it to where even the scientists, even the doctors, even people who look for the alternatives physicians again like i said they they're like oh yeah i know what that is and i don't find out later till i might show them an interview i did or a talk i gave somewhere and they say something back and i realized they had no idea what i was talking about and they just cut me off and they didn't listen 
And they were just talking about our OR robots, for instance, or what was in their HVAC. And so because of that, that's kind of why it exists where it does. Yeah. It exists where it does because nobody really understood it. So it's been able to build without any real um, scrutiny in a bad way from anybody like, say, a big pharma company, right? Yeah. They've done all kinds of unscrupulous things. Would they not like this? Somebody said that to me. I'm like, yeah, they won't. But none of them really know about it or get it, apparently, or else they'd be fighting it really hard instead of putting it in the Pentagon and in all these places. So when it comes to trying to get rid of this whole you know, pandemic era, right? Fauci warning, Earth has entered a pandemic era. You know, we're going to see an acceleration of pandemics and it's from climate change and bats and stuff, right? So climate change should be something separate, but climate change causing this, yeah, um, there's not a whole lot of science there. So uh, when it comes to all that, this has been able to be developed over the last 10 years specifically without anybody really noticing. Um, And they keep trying to tell people, they're like New York Times. The OSHA, the longest serving OSHA administrator from 9 to 17 under Obama, right? He's been out there talking about this. Like, we need to get this in everywhere. These other people are saying, like, we need to make it building code. Well, then it, it, and I'm normally the wildly optimistic person, but I always, I also play devil's advocate so mm-hmm. to to your optimism i will i normally have to play the optimist but now i'll play the pessimist which i don't like doing but let's let's exercise our brains let's do it if they have been shouting at the top of their at the proverbial mountaintop mm-hmm. including someone with those credentials the the head osha guy kind mm-hmm. of like dale doing secret service bodyguard detail and it hasn't been picked up to me that would be evidence of a quiet war against it. This is again probably my conspiratorial mind, but mm-hmm. it does that would to me that would say. I mean, Terence McKenna would always talk. You know, he died in two thousand. The ethnobotanist philosopher always talking about psilocybin, but um, he would always say, "Use big words and keep the group small." He's like, "The problem with all those other people is they get way too big, and the government goes and kills them." He's like, "I sit here and use big words, and we keep it small, and we meet in person." We have no problems. So on one hand, it's like maybe they're smart and they're just because there are that's not a conspiracy. There are nefarious actors at play who just want money. And if you're trying to upturn their paradigm, they don't have a philosophical stake in it. They just want money. The fact that it hasn't. Well, I mean, I'm kind of defeating my own point because I did see at the airport. So maybe it's breaking through. But I would say. If the head OSHA guy has been saying it since or 09 to 17. That would be to me. That would be evidence that there is a a a fool's errand, but someone's trying nonetheless to keep the. Because it seems like the pandemic, this would be its time to shine. This would be its. This is the the quarterback got injured and the rookie's coming in, like. So maybe there are forces against it. That is, I think, it is so true in so many ways. Um, I think for most all things, that absolutely is the thing. So if you go back to just say industry, no philosophical, no evil, just we'll just call it really bad and uncaring for people at this, at this for the sake of money. Ruthless capital. You know, you go back end stage capitalism. End state. What is it? What is it? Late stage capital. And I'm no, I'm no commie, but there, yeah, there's a term. Yeah, late stage capitalism. Yep, that sounds fair. When it comes to whether it was like um, manipulating the different industries to so say the diamond sure. industry 
I had so many, the prices were getting, you know, cheaper, right? Um, The light bulbs, um, when they basically, they were lasting too long, you know, your iPhone. Planned obsolescence. Yeah, exactly. So that does definitely happen in a lot of places. Um, There's there's a whole lot of that in just about everything. But the, the, the flip side, like so many things are counterintuitive is that with this one, and because I have, I have the receipts, like I have pretty well all of them. So any shade that's been thrown the way of these lights has been fairly small and, and minuscule and really hasn't even been, really hasn't been done much at all, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So when it came to like a CDC and an FDA, they have a couple of articles, um, or maybe they just put it down in FAQ section um, from 2021 early. They clearly hadn't read the studies. They clearly promoted the one study in 15 before they filtered out the rest of the wavelengths. So they did get a sunburn, but it was because they didn't filter it. Mm-hmm. And every single study since has only confirmed what those authors even wondered was maybe they only got a sunburn though, because we didn't filter it. And that's what it all confirmed every single study since. Um, so they'll like rely on those studies. They'll say, well, studies are conflicting. They weren't conflicting. Not when they wrote those. They just either hadn't read them or they were trying to throw shade, but they didn't have anything very good to throw. Hmm. So they just kind of muddied it up and said, well, we, it's very promising, but we considered a new and emerging technology section, you know, go back to your masks and whatever. That's about as strong as it ever got was basically that. Um, and without going into like some other nuance of how they present, like with the lead of the, the article, other than that, there really hasn't been much. The first thing that I saw of something that might be and seems like it's planted and for actually trying to go after it was just this month in one of the, I don't think I've ever heard of the journal before, but some people out of Singapore, like five of them, and they were very pointed when they took monkey kidney cells, some of these same ones that we talk about in all these different areas, right, um, of research and what have you, and they took a couple of them and then they went and they, they used the light, I don't even know if they filtered it, if I recall, they said, well, it didn't actually stop them from growing and it didn't cause these DNA damages, but we stained it with this and this might do this. And so people out there saying that this is safe should, should stop. And this is dangerous before they know what the whole thing was weak and ridiculous because any of the living cells, this light has been shown it can't reach. So it doesn't even matter if it could do something that maybe has a problem to it because it can't reach any of those cells anyway. When you take retinal cells and put it in a study and say, Ooh, watch out for that. It's stupid. It's just straight up stupid because this has never been shown to be able to even come close to reaching your retina, let alone the lens and give you a cataract. It can't. So that's the first time I've seen something when I was doing a literature search and I was beefing this whole thing up just making sure I didn't miss anything new. And there were some good studies. That was the first time I've really seen anything. And I was like, that's weak and really easy to dismiss. That's funny. Who are these people? But I couldn't track down who they were. And did I want to spend a lot of time trying to figure out who they were really funded by, whatever. Like, you know what? It's so weak, it doesn't matter. So on will roll. And so when they actually get it in, like they get the real kind in the airports. Interesting, you mentioned Hartsford. Um, Hartsfield. in Atlanta. Yeah. They actually have them, but it's around like their VIP club. I don't know if they put it elsewhere, but they actually have them, the the new kind around there. But that's the only one offhand I'm aware of. 
Um, but there's different places. There's like, you know, a piano bar in Boston. There's, you know, um, I think there's a set of gyms in New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. But there's some different spot places. But most people, it's hard to pick it out, the new versus the old. But it's going to get there. And the quotes that we have from these experts like the OSHA guy are just I mean, they're, they're incredible. Uh, I'll read you one real quick, but I'll let you kind of hop in for a second. No, while I look yeah. for it. no, you're good. No, no, it's, um, yeah, I feel like that would be expected that you would somewhere in there find the evidence or the, the, uh, I guess the trail, the, you know, pulling the string, you'll find someone that's going to try to discredit it, but you know, that's the beauty of the, tr- of truly, trusting the science is that you don't need to trust it. it 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 stands for itself that's the beauty it's that term's been co-opted science trademark but mm-hmm. that's the the reality is is this is the great part of like actual science is it just is you just you can attack it all you want it just is yep and that's that's really where this is and the 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 logic behind it the hundred years of history behind mm-hmm. it and the studies that have been already done, yeah, you can't really refute them. And they're by like the world's experts. So when you get that and you try to claw back at it later, when you're like, oh, we're big farmer, we're whoever, and we don't like it. Yeah. We really, really, really don't like it. Then all you've got left is weak, mm. easily um, dismissed arguments. Um, and they can try. Now, the, when people own media, right, we know they fund most of the media, does that still, even weak arguments, nonsensical, untrue arguments, still able to sway things? Absolutely. It's temporary. But it really just depends on who they're, who and what um, type of arguments they're dealing with and against. And if it's common sense, logical, and scientific in this case, good luck, because yeah. it's pretty funny, So, yeah. which is why I spend so much of my time. I'm going to use the restroom. Find those quotes. All right. Anybody who doesn't fast forward to this piece, yeah, we're finally set here. Um, a lot of things to go through. All sounds kind of incredible, but it's uh, why we are where we are. If it wasn't kind of mildly hidden, we would have been already talking about it, voted it up or down or somewhere in the middle. But really, people didn't know and also then didn't quite understand and know to dig into it. Um, but this is different than pretty well every other argument we have. 
it makes all these other things moot. We don't have to argue the bad or the lab. We don't have to argue the shots are good or the shots are bad. We also don't have to argue about the mass anymore because this works well better than all of it. So he's hooked back up. He's ready to roll. Let's do it. So, yeah, so I get this pulled up. So this is actually, this one wasn't from the OSHA head. He's got a lot of great ones. Um, but this is from all the top, that top physicians and the top physicists basically in the world who study this stuff. And they also, mind you, study skin cancer risk from, um, from the sun, from tanning beds to warn people about. They even use UV lights, certain UV lights to actually treat skin cancers. Hmm. These people know the spectrum. They are the experts in the world. This includes people over in the UK and a lot of people here. So germicidal UV, it's a fancier term for it. We'll say UV disinfection is an important and underused infection control measure. This is in like May of 21, mind you. The potential benefit to the health and the economy from a reduction in COVID-19 cases far outweighs risks. I'm going to pull this onto the screen. You should be able to see that. Far outweighs the risks of potential adverse health effects. So this is a year and a half ago about, right? Within well-established exposure limits, the risks are vanishingly small from the experts. A tiny fraction of the risk from everyday exposure to the more penetrating UVA and UVB. Visible light travels farther. Anyway, uh, just like you can see red when you push a flashlight to your hand or your finger, that's because it penetrates more deeply mm -hmm. um, and doesn't get caught up with the matching of the wavelength frequencies, right, for proteins and such. Research on this will, of course, continue. And there's been a ton since then in the last year and a half. But with the unprecedented severity of COVID on health and global economy, we already know more than enough about the safety and efficacy of germicidal UV disinfection to conclude that the benefit-risk balance is dramatically on the side of benefit. These statements, there's many. Um, and when they get out on the news, the only other shade, like a CBS thing that was done um, in May, they kind of watered it down. Then they called the CDC for a comment. And the CDC says the results are promising, uh, but them and the FDA say that long-term studies are needed, which we didn't need for the shots, right? But good luck. We already have long-term studies and we already have extreme studies. So if you know that it literally can't penetrate to a living cell, what exactly are you going to see later? What are you asking to see from a long-term study when it can't actually reach a living cell? Well, are you worried that the dust, with, this is what's going to be dust within days. Are you worried that somehow that's going to be too sterile well, in the environment? Well, because they know what, they know what they're doing. They don't actually have worries. They're using it as a as bureaucratic red tape. They're throwing a wrench in the gears. And, and there is some truth. You do have to think about long-term studies, but it's a really weak argument when we already have them have and you've got the experts in the world. Like there's not a name usually on these FDA and CDC experts when they might throw something out there, which is rare. Like that's mm -hmm. the only one that they've chimed in on that I think I've even seen. They weren't in Time Magazine uh, because that wasn't their article also in New York Times where these guys, including the OSHA official, were saying, we don't have to have this as a new normal. Mm -hmm. We can put these in right now. We can put them in everywhere. So it's it's weak and it's easily refuted by the actual experts because I'd love to see who they'd line up at the FDA or the CDC to say how they needed more long-term studies 
and watch these people basically be able to just like pick that apart. Heck, I can quite well and easily, and I'm not as restrained by, you know, being academic. And, you know, in fact, I don't know, I told you this, Tommy, and I think I probably did, but I had even, this was part of what I've dedicated a lot of my time to, but, you know, after being like a leader in our system, uh, president of our group, um, chairman of our department for, you know, better part of two and a half years, I stepped down from those leadership roles about a year ago, but in oh. this last April, I stepped down from my group altogether. Oh. And this is what I've been spending, you know, most of my time on. I also don't have any financials, by the way, for anybody wondering, I have zero, I keep zero because it's hard enough to get people to listen. And even good people like who are looking for alternatives, they're looking for a reason this isn't real yeah. and to stop trying to understand it. Like, Oh, he makes money in it and he stops and they stop listening. So I, forego making mega millions um, on it for those reasons. Um, because I know, and I've seen enough, I've studied enough to know that exactly what you know logically should work like it does is working uh, like it does. And that we can actually, we can stop the whole pandemic era and a lot of this stuff in the middle. So it doesn't matter what comes out of a batter lab next. This will kill all of it. Smallpox, all of it. And that's, that really changes society, you know, once people kind of understand this better. So that's, that's why I have 80, 85 pages so far and putting these notes together and for my timeline for, for like building out my website, for instance, which that's what I was doing earlier today before we hopped on. So. And you gotta, it'll make, I guess it will really sort of uh, prove its worth. It'd be interesting to see uh, how this will start to be used in space travel, where it's like you really can't have a bug going around when you're sending guys to Mars for nine months, nine months to get there and then stay in there. You really can't have them getting, I mean, or I mean, or maybe the next most analogous thing, nuclear submarine, right? Deterrent for World War Three. You cannot, you cannot have shit going around if if um if i had a guesstimate it's probably in a good i would say they're probably losing it yeah the because you know the military people when they had the webinar and the boeing aerospace engineers and that company out of kansas city were presenting um to them in the question and answer session uh, i just think to recall somebody saying hey you know do our higher-ups know about this and they actually understand it because they've just sat through 30 plus minutes of you know and of a of a talk and a lecture um they're like do they know and like well i mean you kind of we're putting it you know in the pentagon and and what have you but their whole thing was like hey we should be putting it everywhere Hmm. um but not a lot of people always get that or listen long enough to understand it and so it can kind of dead end at some spaces but as far as the other um, military applications um, we've actually got it into one of those cases so the seals versus austin case I haven't been able to see the transcript, but in February, I kind of helped prep and, and some people to actually enter that into the record. Because when you talk about least restrictive measures, it ain't even close. Yeah. Not even remotely close. And the military already helped develop this, let alone. Yeah. So when you talk about least restrictive, you talk about that, you talk about like actually using um, mouthwash and other things as they've been logically shown in the studies to, to kill it on surfaces. It doesn't mean you can't transmit it. It doesn't stop it in the air like the light does. 
but that doesn't mean it doesn't lessen the impact and decrease the severity of disease when you kill off, let's say before they start doubling, you kill off 95% of the troops mm-hmm. that landed on the beach. And there's only some in your nose if you didn't swab your nose with hydrogen peroxide, for instance, um, but least restrictive measures. So we have it in there. But yeah, I would hope by now it's in the nuclear subs because you can even turn it off. Like if you're in a nuclear sub and after two weeks and nobody's sick, like you yes, don't really need point. to have it on very yeah. much. So you don't have to worry about the exposure as much, but they do have it in their vehicles too. Um, they have it in uh, some of the, uh, the, the, Air Force, the Air Force base and also the Air Force, um, some of their vehicles. I don't know if they put them in the planes because usually it's one or two, you probably wouldn't. But in like their, um, uh, I think in their bigger planes, that actually might be where they were putting one in. I can pull that up because I have the pictures. <laughs> so yeah. well, I was I'll pull say- it up. Yeah, if if you if you no got nobody got sick in two weeks, but that's something that you'd maybe want to keep. So like, um, sorry, no, really dry throat today. Um, uh, at the beginning of uh, the pandemic in like February or March 2020, it's actually now been declassified that NORAD shut their blast doors in Cheyenne Mountain and uh, actually uh, segregated two groups of people: a blue team and a silver team into different buildings to maintain the nation's eyes and ears and watching for nuclear. They've been watching around the clock since like 1955. Um, Mm -hmm. But they, you had to go into quarantine for, and then they would cycle out these teams. So they were taking guys and bringing them in and putting them in basically like hermetically sealed off room inside of a mountain, just like stay there for two weeks. And if none of you get sick, you guys are going to be go in for blue team or whatever. Um, one thing you'd want to do is something like a nuclear bunker where you cannot have anyone going off or in a nuclear submarine you'd have to then kind of put your mind you have to put yourself in the mind of the enemy and say well the number the most lethal way to do this would be you'd want like a 30-day incubation period with no symptoms really get their guard down but if you did something with with the 222 light it wouldn't matter if they had a six month incubation period. You're just nuking it every day. And it's nuclear a nuclear powered sub, they can can go for fucking every. You don't need to worry about leaving that light on. Yeah. And what you've got there too is you've got something that takes less energy than an LED light bulb. Yeah. And even if it wasn't energy efficient, it's a nuclear submarine. It it runs out of food before it runs out of energy. That's the energy it has to replace is the food for the people on board. The sub itself can go like 50 years without changing out anything. Yep, that's absolutely right. Okay, I'm trying to find the one where they were actually in one of the bigger airplanes. Must be in a different thing I've got here. But um, but yeah, this was them installing it in the in the Air Force bases and what have you. And uh, But yeah, I mean, that's what we should be doing and could be doing. But when you have two physicians who study this and even when they like take the effort to like put a big long time magazine article out in February or go on to CBS and have CBS muddy it up intentionally or not, you know, by the CDC quote and whatever. And then they pulled out something and said, Oh, waiting on OSHA approval, blah, blah, blah. OSHA doesn't approve. Mm. The EPA approves. And then the ACGIH, which is like basically they limit the amount of UV or they put the recommendations out for how much you can expose humans to. They just took the number from 23 to 479 for allowable limit at the beginning of this year. So if there's a testament to the safety of a product, 
that's it. Yeah. And the 23 was already worth more than an N95 for everyone in the room. And the 23 is the basis upon which probably most all, most of at least, the 1,000 applications over two years and zero known transmissions was done. Because what you're looking at here, as you see, July 16th, 2020, that's when they put it in this Air National Guard base. Um, and I think it wasn't probably far from that. I don't have the exact date while I work on my timeline um, for the Pentagon, but I think it probably wasn't far from that. So that's, uh, that's what you've got. But once we, once we get it out there more and uh, it, we'll, we'll make it happen. I've got hopefully a group of physicians around the Kansas City area who have actually met and used some of my slides and other things and the information when I presented at the conference that I was blessed to speak at. It was about a little over a month ago, and they're preparing to go to their school boards. Mike, drop your weapons. People don't have to go and spar. You know, put your boxing gloves down. Yeah. Like everybody can agree on this. Yeah. We don't have to fight about the masks. We don't have to fight about lockdowns, quarantine periods for our kids, any of this stuff. And the money is literally sitting there. The money's literally sitting there. So if you look here, this was a little deal. I was a uh, I clipped out a video of them installing them in the buses and stuff there in South Carolina, but right here, literally billions. So you're in Florida right now, right? Maryland. We're in Florida. We're about. I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in Maryland. Maryland. Okay, Maryland. Well, I, got in a, I got. I got. I got. I got in a medical school in Miami, and I went to school and That's... lived in Georgia for 15 years. I've kind of been in and around Florida. It was the Miami I was thinking of, um, but let's say let's go to Maryland for instance. And let's find out how much money of this COVID money, you know, out of thin air, it's there. Some people would argue, we don't want the state to be, you know, uh, involved in this. Well, if you've made all this money anyway, and it's sitting there, we probably should use it for something like world changing like this. Mm -hmm. That sounds fair to me. And so that's where I go with it. So in Maryland, for instance, y'all have... Four billion three hundred sixty-one. Oh, uh, wait, and then spent. Yep. So you still have about two point five billion with a B left. Two point five billion with a B. And if you look here, and you can break this down. This breaks down actually into um, you know by year. But here's the thing: this is all feasible. Like. It's not a long shot and no one can tell you you can't do it. Your school boards, no one can tell you you can't do it. In fact, all you got to do, heck, they didn't even use all their CARES Act fund unless this is just behind. That was by September 30th, so maybe it's behind. But look, they've still got, oh, let's see, $550 million left that they can spend through 23 a year from now. And then another... $1.7 billion. One point, yeah, one point seven billion. So through twenty twenty four. So when they're already in mass production, and they will easily, and I'm sure, and will love to. All the companies I know will love to ramp up production, uh, and they can do it quite quickly. There is nothing that stops us from doing it to all these. For comparison's sake, I'm going to show you something that's that really puts it into perspective, and I. I kind of had to, it's so hard to conceptualize all this. And I say billions and like how expensive and all this. So I said, okay, let me just really break it down. So in, in Clyburn's 331 school buses and 72 schools, 
in those four districts. Mm-hmm. Kudos to you, Representative Clyburn. It's really Clyburn. fantastic. Um, so, and he got that 40% increase in attendance for those districts from, from them all helping out. Well, how much did that cost? Well, here's just a little representative of how much was left as of a month ago in each of these different states. It's all relative to their population and what have mm-hmm. you. So that was a month ago, right? For the 331 buses and 72 okay. schools, Two a little less. Million. And there's how much left? Two, Two points. points. So you're looking at less than one one thousandths. Yep. And you only you had about a twelfth because I think there's about 48 districts um, there in South Carolina. And so, and granted, some of them could be more populous, have sure. more schools. That said. Even if you used a hundred times it, you'd still so, use ten percent of the funds. Yeah. So in most you're using maybe let's be really super generous and say it's fifty million to do all the schools and all yeah. the school buses throughout all of South Carolina, you're still coming in just a titch below what you had to spend. Just a little little off the top. So that's that's why I spend so much time on this. But it's no, just it just takes it, I definitely see I definitely see the reasoning for the passion behind it. When you see when all the puzzle pieces are coming together, it 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 pulls at your mind. You can't not you can't not so it's like when I first realized that I think this podcast had potential. As I was mm-hmm. putting all the puzzle pieces and I was like, Yeah, I stand behind this. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go all into it. it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. What you're what you're providing from the science to the century of use to its to the military backing, to its efficacy, to the studies, and to just how cheap it is, and then the real world studies with the school buses and the forty percent. As someone that is a physician like yourself, yeah, like you are inclined, you are obligated in a sense, spiritually driven. That yeah, you you have to do this because it's, it's not a partisan thing. It's not like a I need to rescue the X party. No, it's like this is something that is just. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like discovering penicillin or something. It's like, hey, this is just good. Like, we all need this, right? I got you. Yeah, so we're hopefully getting there. And if, you know, people go to the website, I'm going to beef that up a lot more and hopefully get it to where it's almost like an easy button because it's so easy to get off the trail. I'll put it in the description. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and then hopefully we can get there. And if we get another beachhead of, like, all the school districts around the Kansas city area, which is perfect because that's where the company, the main company is based out of is there. Then we can hopefully get a lot more people to understand this and to do it. And they did use in those school districts, they did use cares act mine hmm. for that. So there's not a disconnect. Yeah. And this is like the number one of everything that's supposed to be out there. Like this is what OSHA and CDC and NIOSH tell you to do engineering controls and elimination well before PPE or brand new mm-hmm. mRNA shots. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of stamped in every which way. This is the comparison of the air exchanges, induct in-room device, supplemental ventilation, tearing out like a bunch of ceiling and, you know, what have you to, to stick in bigger pipes and a bigger blower and what have you. There's the upper room deal and there's actually putting it in there. So, you know, CDC asked you for three air exchanges per hour, and they're trying to recommend that. This gives you three per minute, which gets you about to that 99% continuous level. All checks out. 
all perfectly set and logical. And here's a list of documents all saying we need better, cleaner indoor air and disinfection techniques are amongst them, including some specifically for the CDC for TB using the upper room UV, um, say to use it. <laughs> so we've kind of got every single stamp and uh, we're gonna get there soon. Um, it's just how do we, you don't really need a bill. You don't need to pass any law or legislation. It's all there. You really just need awareness. Yeah. To go through the the, the tax of, of kind of getting it done. And then you make COVID and SARS, the next COVID round, the theoretical smallpox that may come back at some point. You make it go the way of cholera and typhoid mm. fever. Well, in the early 1900s, while the MIT scientists at that time were fighting disinfecting the water with chlorine, it was okay to have 100 bacteria per milliliter of water. That was good water. It was okay that we had 20% mortality um, among infants in the cities. And eight cities had between 30 and 40% infant mortality. A lot of it began from dirty water and all this stuff. Well, that's why we don't light up on water pandemics, but on COVID or mm -hmm. SARS or any of the other ones, these are both COVID, they all light up the same, H1N1, all that, they all light up the same because we don't disinfect the air before we suck it in when we're sharing it in tight public places, what's ingested, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how we can make that all go away without going into the full history of it. There's your problem right there. And there's your solution. That easy. Thanks for letting me sit here and rant on for so long. No, time. dude, that was that was that was that was you. You forget that that my core will always be a science-minded person, and I I do I fucking love that. That was fantastic. That was great. That was, that was that was brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, stop my share here and uh, well, yeah, and get hope, back and hopefully we could, and hopefully we could just now use this as I mean what you just told me. That was a brilliant hour and a half presentation. Now it is a now it exists. Now you can just send this video. That is perfect. That was Yeah, I mean I can't poke any holes in it. But I guess the the true value would be to see if anyone who is genuinely tr against it, money reasons, it'll it'll be the value to see their inability to poke holes in it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's pretty quick to turn around if you actually understand it. It's yeah. really quick to turn around their arguments and make them just look frankly silly. They yeah. don't even they don't even branch on like really muddying the waters much. With if you get one second to respond, yeah. So so that's that'll be the fun part. But I hope you know that you know there's not very many there's not very many evil people out there, um, and that pretty well everybody will say you know what this feels a lot better than everybody fighting, um, and this is amazing. And everybody who and is anyone is one one last one who's this is fun because UV skin cancer right so aside from the longest serving OSHA top head of OSHA in its history you also have um and I'll pull it up on this other website here this is just this is just great when I found this out the other day it was like an extra kicker I'm like lord what don't we have like you are lining this up and I know you are um, oh, it's and... God, just, he's just putting the football. He's like, just fucking hit it. Let's line it up. Here's the softball. Hit it out of the park. And I've not done anything, but I have, uh, you know, I'm uh, basically, all I'm trying to do is, is spread the word on it. 
Um, these guys have done the work and these researchers are fantastic. And the second here, what you're going to see scroll, I don't know, that's actually one of the lights there. Mm -hmm. That was developed for the Pentagon. Um, but after we get through one more, and this is on that far UV website, mm -hmm. what you're going to see here, oh, I can scroll it. You're going to see right there, University of Maryland commencement. He's the head, the dean of their school of public health, i.e. what you do about pandemics, right? Epidemics. He was the former U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Boris Lushniak, from 13 to 15 under Obama. So again, not partisan yeah. stuff. He is there touting this is public health policy, public health innovation in action. He was actually using his hands to frame up. There's one on the other side. Yeah, you don't see. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dr. Don Milton is the other main physician researcher there at University of Maryland, along with the guy at Harvard. And then there's some Hopkins, et cetera, but those aren't physicians. Those are physicists and whatnot. Here's the other fun kicker. You're worried about skin cancer, right? But, yeah. but, but still, UV and skin cancer. Like I've seen all your evidence. It means nothing to me still. Oh, but this guy, he kind of means something. Guess what type of physician he is, Tommy? What, epidemiologist? Or not epidemiologist, um, dermatologist? He is, in fact, a dermatologist promoting the use of these UV lights for public health policy in action. So, yeah, know. I mean, it's just, it's a lesson when God's throwing a softball down the center, you better hit it out of the park. Yeah. So anyway, I, I thought we were kind of close that, with that. There's more. That, uh, that guy actually kind of looked like, uh, um, like, a, like an old version of Jimmy Kimmel or something. You just glance at it. You can see you can kind of you squint a little bit. You can kind of see like Jimmy Kimmel, maybe plus like 10 years. As soon as you said that, I see it now because I, it's, it's on my screen. I've got kind of a wide screen. That's why I kind of look away here because I've got stuff happening. It's, dude, that's some weird thing I've I've had for like, it only, it's weird because it only started like seven years ago, but I've had this weird thing where I just start like picking up on not even like full faces, but I just start to notice things where I'll be like, that guy is the same eye sockets as Will Ferrell. And it sound, I always sound like a psychopath, but people will be like, oh, you're right. It's just a has nothing to do with this whole podcast. It's something that, and it's weird. It's, I haven't had it my whole life. It just started in like 2016 where I'd be looking at something. I'd be like, guys, like, you know, I'd be like, the way his bottom teeth stick out, that looks exactly like Christian Bale. And people, I've ne people always say like, Mm -hmm. that's weird but they're like you're right <laughs> so i just noticed, I, just I was like there's jimmy kimmel as a as a dermatologist <laughs> side truth note <laughs> hey, hey just like the 222 two, two nanometers hey truth is truth you know if he looks like jim it's it is what it is um <laughs> let's um because that was this whole thing has been so perfectly on topic as opposed to what you and i normally do which don't, i love to mm -hmm. let's wrap this one up as this um but before you go, I'll stop recording in a second. Let's get another one on the books because I do wanna, I do wanna go down the rabbit hole, and you tell me about uh, like water disinfection. All right, yeah. Because I, I love a, I love a rabbit hole, and I don't want to forget that. Um, so hold on, we'll stop recording. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why I'm. So, yeah, Doctor Williams, everybody, will stop recording. Blah, blah.